Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed. I'd like to be able to. Anyway. I'm, my mind's going blank now. What's happening? What, what, I can't remember. Lose track. My mind's going blank now. What are you talking about? What the hell's going on here? Where the door? My mind's going blank now. I can't remember. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. What am I doing here? My mind's going blank now. Where am I heading? I keep forgetting I'm the president. Where am I? No idea. I don't think as the idea. I want to thank and recognize Dr. John John King Kingerson. Mindless, roaming, wandering about. The President of the United States did nothing about the continued pouring through of illegal aliens across the border from Mexico into the United States at his meeting yesterday with the President of Mexico and the Prime Minister of uh, Canada, Twinkle Toes Trudeau. We'll talk about that later on. Let me just make mention again that I will put uh, Noam Layden, our news director, up against this Mike Slater any day of the week. If Bill O'Reilly is not satisfied with our news, which is at the top of the hour, premium, five-star top shelf, don't be bringing in a JV guy to do your news, which is low budget, not worthy of the number one news talk station in the nation. The war is on to get rid of Mike Slater. News guy now. What? what? All of a sudden, he's a news guy. He was on a radio station in San Diego. They fired him. Then he was a podcaster. Now he's an overnight news guy. He can't touch Noam Layden. By the way, Noam Layden has been given the circle jerk by City Hall again. Uh, they refuse to tell him who I should report to to become an intern for the city administration of Eric Adams, uh, swagger man with no plan, so that I can start climbing the ladder to officially be anointed the city's rat czar. Can't even tell us who this Dawn woman is that I'm supposed to be reporting to. Well, let's get right into the nitty-gritty. As all of a sudden, uh, we now find out that uh, former Vice President and now President Joe Biden also had top-secret documents about Iran and the Ukraine in a closet in an office that he used as Vice President for Barack Obama as he was transitioning to become a candidate in the Democratic uh, National Contest to take on President uh, Donald Trump at that time. And it's interesting is that they were classified documents. But I'm reading through the old gray lady, the New York Times this morning, and it is so incredibly obvious. Both men were wrong for taking classified documents. We know that Barack Obama probably took classified documents. So did Bill Clinton. I mean, probably all the rest of them. Who knows? Probably only Jimmy Carter didn't. Because remember, Jimmy Carter said in a Playboy interview that even thinking about having sex as a Southern Baptist, the first real evangelical to become president of the United States, real evangelical, 
although he was a Democrat, didn't matter. You know damn well he did not take any classified documents to Plains, Georgia, where he has settled down and lived and worked the country and the, and the international sphere, building his uh, houses for those who are destitute and without housing, with Habitat for the Humanities, with a hammer in his hand. Every one of the, the others, there's no doubt. There's no doubt they took top secret documents. Enough with this. So now all of a sudden, the New York Times is saying, yeah, well, the top secret documents that Joe Biden took really weren't as important as the ones that President Trump took down to Mar-a-Lago. The point is, they took documents they shouldn't have taken, right? They're wrong. Let's just uh, sort of clean the slate with the Etch-A-Sketch. And as we move forward in the future, if you happen to be president of the United States, and you either choose to leave office or, like uh, Richard Nixon did before he got uh, excommunicated, or if for any reason uh, you decide you want to leave early, quite a few of these presidents uh, could have left early (laughs) without being forced to do so. The nation would have been in much better shape. Uh, Gerald Ford, uh, Jimmy Carter, just to name two. Or... They've all of a sudden run out their two terms in office or one term in office, and now they're going to go into semi-retirement before they decide what they're going to do. There should be a standing rule. Nobody takes nobody takes top-secret documents, right? There's no excuses, whether it's two, whether it's 20, whether it's 200, whether it's 400, whatever it is, it's wrong. It's wrong. And the only reason we're learning about this now, because this took place before the midterm elections, is because clearly you know damn well that somebody was getting a lead about this and was prepared to expose them. Some kind of media outlet was prepared to drop the bomb on Joe Biden and say, well, how come you had classified and top-secret documents in your former office as you transitioned from vice president to candidate to run for the Democratic primary nomination to take on President Donald Trump. That's the only reason they released that information now. Come on, let's be honest. They're as guilty as Donald Trump is. They're as guilty as any other president who took top-secret documents, who took uh, business of the presidency of the United States that was no longer there. That's it's just like we get into these stupid arguments about which party lies more. Oh, you know, because of George Santos, we're going to get to this uh, person of no consequences, con man, uh, momentarily, because there's more news about him. Oh, well, Joe Biden, the president of the United States, lies every week. Absolutely right. He tells a whopper. He tells a story. And he never apologizes for making up stuff. Oh, oh, but what about Blumenthal? You know, the senator in Connecticut said he served in Vietnam with the United States Marine Corps. Absolutely. He totally lied. He made that story up. And we could go down the line. Both parties have, as uh, George Santos immediately uh, said when being confronted by the New York Times, well, I, I was just embellishing my resume. Both feathers. They're lying. Which has led us to the point now where people in general, not hardcore apparatchiks, which most Americans are not. If you walk up to an average person, whether they're registered as a Democrat or a Republican, whether they're an independent, a free agent, they believe that all politicians are liars and that all politicians steal money. And it's a question of how much they lie, how often they lie, and how much money they steal. So if we just look at a simple thing, 
using, using insider trading information, which they have access to in both the Senate and the House, to uh, nourish their portfolios and enrich themselves so that they leave filthy rich after so-called serving the people. Yeah, serving the people, serving themselves, starting with Nancy Pelosi, and you can go right on down the line, Republicans and Democrats. There's no party exempt from this. They get the insider trading information. They invest in those stocks. They make windfall profits, and then they act like, well, we don't, we don't know it's in a blind trust. Get out of here. So much garbage. And the people of the United States, they've gotten so jaded, so callous that because of all this nonsense, they truly, if you ask an average person, even an apparatchik, they'll say, Curtis, it's a question of how much they lie, uh, how often they lie, how big the lie is, and how much money they steal, because we all know they steal, because they all leave office richer than when they got into office which, based on looking at their salaries, they're always complaining they don't get paid enough. How the hell could that be true? Think about it. How the hell could that be true? And now, speaking of the man of the moment, the biggest liar ever, and that's saying a lot to serve in either the House, the Senate, the presidency, whatever. George Santos. His entire life has been a complete lie from beginning to end. He ran in the 3rd Congressional District against Tom Suozzi, the sitting congressman, on election night of 2020, like Trump had won on election night, based on the returns of the scanners. Uh, Other candidates faced the same situation who were Republicans. And then when all the absentee ballots came back, the paper ballots, because of the lockdown and pandemic and the special rules they gave uh, uber consideration to filling out absentee ballots, The president lost to uh, uh, Joe Biden. That's right. He did lose fair and square. And George Santos did lose fair and square to Tom Suozzi. We now know Tom Suozzi never even hit the Google, the Google button on his computer to do any background research, any negative research. Why? Because they didn't think this guy would amount to anything. Now, you would have thought the second time around, after barely beating Barely beating Tom Swazi, a sitting congressman. And now Swazi goes on to challenge Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb in a Democratic primary and fails miserably. So he's out of the seat. Then a guy named uh, Zimmerman comes in. Oh, my God. What a nebbishy, schlubby schmendrick. Oh, my God. What a pisser. Oh, God. Joan Hamburg keeps interviewing him. Joan never interviews politicians. Why did she why did she try to give this guy assistance? He never did any ne- negative research on him, nor did Jacobs, the state party chairman of the Democrats. And so here it is, George Santos had an opportunity to run fair and square for the office, and he rode into the halls of Congress on the uh, great performance of Lee Zeldin all throughout Long Island. Look, there were a lot of guys who got elected in the Congress as Republicans in Long Island because they were on the coattails of Lee Zeldin. But George Santos won. And I told the backstory here because today, all of a sudden, the Nassau County Republicans, all of them were having a press conference, which was the lead story on Fox News Channel. Nope. CNN. Nope. Uh, MSNBC. That's right. MSNBC was dancing the horror in the Tarantella as the Nassau County GOP chairman Joseph Cairo said in a press conference just a half hour ago. Today, I am calling 
for George Santos's immediate resignation. Come on. You didn't do that before the vote for McCarthy to become the Speaker of the House because you needed Santos. He served his purpose. He was a place setter. He was a guaranteed vote for McCarthy because you didn't know it was it was up in the air. It took 15 votes in the House for McCarthy to secure becoming the Speaker of the House of Representatives. So, look, you did your job. Now, hey, we're going to kick you out. The thing about it, ladies and gentlemen, they knew long ago that this uh, candidate, George Santos, was tainted. I told the story before. They approached me to run for the 3rd Congressional District when the lines were not locked in yet. Uh, remember, the the Democrats got so greedy in rewriting the lines uh, because of Kathy Crime Wave Hochul, the courts had to overrule her. But at the time they approached me, the new 3rd Congressional District was no longer just the North Shore of Suffolk, no longer the North Shore of Nassau and part of Queens. It was now... Uh, Suffolk, Nassau, a little bit of the Bronx, a little bit of Queens, and a little bit of of Westchester. And that's why Alessandra Biagi was going to jump in, because she thought she could win that district. They approached me. They said, you could win that district. We've done the analytics, Curtis. You're interested in running it. I said, why don't don't you go with George Santos? Uh, He almost won the last time. They wouldn't answer that question. Simultaneously, Nick Langworthy... At the time, the chairman of the GOP in New York was sitting down and talking to Andrew Giuliani, who had already announced he was running in the primary, uh, Republican primary, to become governor against Lee Zeldin. And Langworthy was trying to convince Andrew Giuliani to run for the third congressional district. I didn't know that. And Andrew didn't know about that. Sit down with me. So they already knew they had a tainted candidate. And they said nothing. And that Pisha Zimmerman did nothing. He didn't even do any negative research. Nor did Jacobs, the state uh, chairman of the Democratic Party. And I am predicting this. George Santos, uh, who uh, is a con man. And because he has dual citizenship in Brazil, and remember right now they may extradite him back under Lula, the new elected leader to face charges for check kiting that he had run away from many, many years ago. I guarantee you. The next thing you're going to see George Santos do is walk around with a Bolsonaro shirt on in the colors of Bolsonaro, the former president of Brazil, who has fled to Florida to seek medical attention like the Shah of Iran did when he was ousted by the Ayatollah Khomeini in 1979. And he will say, the reason they're trying to oust me is because I support Trump. And I support Bolsonaro. And all of a sudden, all the Bolsonaro crazies in Brazil will be holding up pictures of George Santos. You see, that's why they're trying to get him out of the House of Representatives. And he will attach himself to Donald Trump. This guy will somehow try to survive all of this. But at least you heard the real story about George Santos from yours truly long, long ago. This is the Riffin Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Muts and skills throughout the five boroughs of the city of New York are on a rampage. And they're hitting the neighborhoods of the hipsters and millennials, those white suckers. 
who are always making excuses for their aberrant and criminal behavior. Let me give you the the crime list. Because remember, right at the time of the dropping of the ball in Times Square, there was Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. A house mouse is 22 years as... uh, as a police officer in the NYPD, a little music here, please. First as a transit cop and then as a city cop, a house mouse. He was always in the precinct. He never was busting his shoes. He never had any street cred. How many collars did he make? Zero. By the way, uh, please, uh, Lou, get me the sound of a shotgun being fired. I need it momentarily because I have a solution to all these problems that are plaguing now. Brooklyn, which is named... Crooklyn, and all these uh, robberies, these smash and grabs are taking place in the hipster and millennial areas that are a deep blue. They would never think of voting for a Republican. They would never think of voting for a conservative. Their heroin is, and not the drug that they shoot into their uh, veins, AOC All Out Crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists of America and the Justice Warriors. They believe that this recent pattern of crimes that has occurred in uh, Flatbush, that has occurred in Park Slope, yes, Park Slope, and Williamsburg, is the result of the need to get reparations for the uh, 40 acres in a mule. That's right. Reparations in full effect. As you can see, the mutts and skills as they rob these jewelry stores, these restaurants and bars, looking up. At the security cameras, waving. And what is the complexion of their skin? Melanin. Black men. So naturally, the white hipsters and millennials immediately are saying, no, 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 no. Don't blame these black men for committing these crimes. They're a product of their environment. They're entitled to reparations, 40 acres and a mule. And by the way, they're taking it from jewelry stores. Jewelry stores. Look at this. In this one case, this old-timer who has had his jewelry store for a lifetime since he immigrated to America in Prospect Lefferts Gardens. It was 5 p.m. on Friday. Two black guys barged inside and beat the man within an inch of his life. Look at him. You see him in his bed at Brooklyn Hospital with with tubes in every orifice of his body to keep him alive, to keep him alive. This guy who had struggled to come to America invested every nickel, dime, and penny into his jewelry store, would work every day at the age of 79. And they came in, and they robbed $100,000 of jewelry and rings. In fact, they're even heard on the surveillance camera. They're saying, yo, man, you got to take all the rings. And then they walk out with trays of jewelry. One of them saying their pockets were stuffed. And they're walking down the street with trays of jewelry. And folks in the neighborhood, mostly uh, hipsters, white millennials, who have come in from Iowa, where there are more pigs than people. Idaho, where there are more potatoes than people. When the 5 went NYPD came in, and they said, yo, did you see these guys walking out? I didn't see nothing, because they have uh, adopted the code of the street. Snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. Lou, there was an old-fashioned way of dealing with these kind of jewelry store heists years ago. 
First, when the Jews controlled crime in the streets back in the days of Murder Incorporated. Then when the Italians took over and some of the Irish jumped in, they had the shotgun squad. The NYPD would put detectives in the back room of jewelry stores that were getting hit again and again and again. And this time, when the brazen robbers would come in guns drawn, the cops would cock that shotgun and blast them into the air. Could I hear it again? Music to my ears. One more time, Lou. Are you man enough, Eric Adams, to bring back the shotgun squad? That stopped robberies of jewelry stores and liquor stores. And oh, ho, ho, ho. did you see it in Williamsburg? Oh, my God. This guy stole $30,000 as he went from bar, hipster bar, to hipster restaurant, the chic Italian restaurant on Keep Street. He, he goes in there, he steals $11,000. Then he bunny hops over to the Richardson Bar on Graham Avenue, steals money there. Then he goes into St. Maisie, a jazz bar and restaurant on Grand Street near Marcy Avenue, steals 2000 there. Then he breaks into the Ya 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 Mexicana through a basement, snatches $2,000 there. And he's waving, waving at the camera. Why not let the cops in the 90th precinct send in the DTs, the shotgun squad, laying up in the restaurants and bars of hipster millennial Williamsburg? Give it to them again. That'll stop it quick. One more time. But you see, the hipsters and millennials will say, no, you don't understand, Curtis. They're poor and impoverished. Black lives matter. We marched in the streets. We marched over the Brooklyn Bridge. We set up Occupy City Hall for a month because we felt the needs of the poor and the indigenous. And now, where are they striking? I warned you, hipsters and millennials. You wouldn't even want us to patrol the park, Prospect Park, when they killed that dog who was being walked in the morning by a woman, and the killer was an emotionally disturbed guy who lives in Prospect Park, you said, no, no, don't get the cops involved. No, 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 don't get City Hall involved. No, 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 he's an emotionally disturbed person. Just avoid that part of the park. Avoid that part of the park. Well, now, <laughs> what do you say, park slopers? You hipsters and millennials? No justice, no peace, Black Lives Matter. All of you McWhitey-Whiteys were in the streets. Oh, yeah, F the police. All cops are bastards. All cops are bitches. And now they're in your neighborhood. Look at what they're doing. A $2 million smash and grab heist at a Park Slope jewelry store. It's just the latest of robberies that are taking place all over the hipster and millennial paradise of 7th Avenue. They hit an ATT outlet. They hit the Glitz Jewelers. Brazen, bold. They come in daylight. They come in with sledgehammers. And they take off with everything they could grab and stuff into pillowcases. Do you think maybe hipsters and millennials who don't want any of these mutts or scales arrested, most of whom are black men, do you think we can call in the shotgun squad? Set them up in the back of these jewelry stores. And when the thugs and robbers come in, don't even warn them, cops. Do it the old school way. They come in, they pull their toolies out, their nine millimeters, fully loaded, right? And then blast them to the hereafter.
And you know what will happen? The hipsters and millennials will take up a GoFundMe. Uh, oh, we got to raise money for this poor, impoverished mother scale. They're robbers. And let me warn all of you out there who supported Black Lives Matter, which is now big, large mansions, the biggest ripoff in the history, in the history of the United States, and that's saying a lot. First, they come from the jewelry stores. Then they come for the liquor stores. Then they come for the sneaker stores. Then they come for the bars and restaurants. And when they run out of retail establishments to shoplift, to boost, to steal from, they come for your condos. They come for your apartments. They come into your brownstones. It's a little warning. Because back in the 70s, Park Slope was in one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in the city. You would never know that. Now it's a full cycle. It's a full return. Hey, but let's talk about the Milford Plaza. The Milford Plaza. Oh. I'll take you to the lullaby of Broadway. The Hickory and Valley Who. The lullaby of Broadway. And in the center of it all is the Milford Plaza. Stay at the Milford Plaza Hotel with cocktail, dinner, and breakfast for $49.50 per person. Discover why we are the lullaby of Broadway. The Milford Plaza is the lullaby. I remember we grew up with that commercial on TV. And then over the summer, the Milford Plaza was on the verge of bankruptcy. And in fact, Bank of America had taken possession of the of the facility with over 600 rooms, just two blocks from the Port Authority on 44th and 8th. And then new investors came in and they called it Row New York City because they knew that this mayor, who they had contributed to, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, would end up uh, signing contracts with them to house the homeless. First it was the homeless. And then it was the thousands of illegal aliens first pouring through the Port Authority of New York from Venezuela. You remember Eric Adams was embracing them. Cardinal Dolan was embracing them. And they put them up at the old uh, Plaza Hotel there, which is now Row, New York City. $500 a night. The New York Post, what a great expose. The New York Post, absolutely amazing. As they went in and they took photographs and they filmed the food waste that's piling up as shelter residents, these are the illegals from Venezuela, will not take any of the food that we pay for each and every day that Eric Adams picks our pockets because we're paying it, paying for it, city tax dollars. Let's see if... uh, Let's see if uh, Sid Rosenberg, who has uh, drunk the Kool-Aid and joined the cult of Eric Adams, will even talk about this story. And then you look in the rooms, there are empty beer cans everywhere. Corona. Where did they get the money to buy the Corona? Where did they get the money to buy the other beer? Where did they get the money to buy the weed? I thought they had nothing coming in here. They were poor and impoverished. Cardinal Dolan, did they get the money from Catholic Charities, which gets the money from us, the sucker taxpayers? Eric Adams, where's the supervision? You put them up in these hotels right in Times Square, and you have nobody supervising what's going on in their rooms? It used to be when they first built the projects years ago, which was a step up from the tenements, that they would come in and they would inspect your apartment, give you the white glove test, make sure that because you were living in subsidized housing, you didn't have items in there that you couldn't afford because then they'd kick you out of the projects. And if you didn't keep your room clean, if you didn't keep your apartment clean, that's it. 
They would kick you out. I mean, that was in the agreement. Taxpayers would pay for you, but in return, you couldn't have products in your apartment that clearly you couldn't afford. And secondarily, you had to keep the facility clean. There are no rules and regulations for these illegal aliens. New York Post, great story. You got to check it out today. Hey, uh, guys, uh, Lou, Mastoni, and Phil, uh, did Sid talk about this story, this front-page story in the New York Post today, which was slamming Eric Adams for housing these illegal aliens at $500 a night in what they call the new New York City Row Hotel at 44th and 8th? Of course not. And that leads us in next to the uh, <laughs> Sid Rosenberg rap. Oh, thinks he's going to ban me, huh? Don't leave. Don't don't get nervous here, Macedonian Phil. We'll get into all of that. Keep it right here at 77 AM WABC. Spectacular. Now here's the Sid wrap up. Boy, what we say, we won't be banned in the USA. Looks like uh, Sid Rosenberg. Earlier this morning, you can hear him every Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 in the morning. He is clearly the ratings leader here at WABC. He is the straw that stirs the drink. But he has gone the whole nine yards and has joined the cancel culture. Wait, wait. I was listening intently as I try to listen every Monday through Fridays. When I'm not hunting rats outside of the uh, building that his friend Eric Adams is absentee uh, owner of on Lafayette Avenue in Bedside to a dive. But here is um, Sid talking about how he can't listen to this program from 12.15 to 1 because he's got to get some sleep. And I'm listening, I'm listening to Curtis. That's my nap time that, that time of the afternoon. And then I get like these, uh, my, my phone starts to blow up. I'm trying to take a nap. I'm exhausted. I'm up at 3 o'clock in the morning. My phone starts to blow up with stupid, you know, messages from listeners. And like, oh, my God, Curtis is killing you. And I got to tell him over and over again, it's just shtick. That's all Curtis has. That's what he does. Every day, every day, the Sid wrap-up, Sid, Eric Adams, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he gets uh, he gets uh, ratings, which is good. Yeah, damn right. Without ratings, we're all going to find a job hanging wallpaper. See, Sid understands that. He's the ratings leader by far here at WABC, and I've moved up the ranks since returning from my mayoral run where I lost to his friend Eric Adams, fair and square. And I've climbed the ladder, and I'm now number two behind Sid, way behind him. He's well ahead of the pack. But because he claims he can't listen because he needs his beauty rest, uh, he put it to the two rats of his, who unfortunately are assigned to me here from 12.15 to 1, Macedonian Phil and Lou. So now i got to rely on you two guys, because you're here during that show, Lou Rafino and Macedonia Phil. Is there any truth to that, that Curtis uh, gets vicious? Because I do all this stuff in good fun. If you listen to me and Curtis, for example, the whole segment is tongue-in-cheek. Tongue-in-cheek. So now I know why you guys are here, because you never wanted to be here. Lou didn't want to be here. Macedonia Phil didn't want to be here. You're here simply to be rats 
and regurgitate whatever I say to Sid, who's too busy getting his beauty rest now, and won't even listen to this on the podcast at WABCRadio.com. Well, uh, Sid pretty much said, oofa to me, he doesn't need me. I don't care how Curtis feels about the mayor. I don't care how he feels about anything. <laughs> I just think he's funny. And it's never nasty when him and I are together, but is there any truth to this, though, these are messages I get that he gets really nasty, specifically around 1245, because if it's true, then I'm going to whack him. Let him do his own show, his own weekend show. I don't need him. He doesn't need me. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's well ahead. He's the ratings leader. But you see, Macedonian Phil finally woke up and informed Sid that although you could remove me from the morning lineup, Monday 7.05, Friday 7.05, I'm going to come back at him with a vengeance. They are? If you kick kick him off your show entirely, he has no appearances, you think he's going to stop talking about you? No. He's going to talk about you four times as much. That's right. I'll be talking about him four times over, although not damaging him. I'll get to that momentarily. I'm not a fool. If you remember that story of the scorpion and the frog, I'm not a fool. I'm not going to go down with the ship. That's stupid. That would be stupid for anybody here. So then he determines that he wants to talk to Lou, the veteran of the crew here, and get his input. Lou thinks his, his act is old and tired and boring, and he, he won't say it, but I will for him. Okay, good. Now I uh, will move well, on. Now you've said it now. Well, I always tell you not to tell me stuff off the air. Well, you know what's going to end up on the air. I mean, I, 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 I try not to say it, but I can't control myself. Well, I make the mistake of thinking you'll act you know, <laughs> like a human being. Right. God, he puts your business out for everybody to hear, Lou. He's like a washwoman. He can't. He's like a male yenta. And then finally, after going back and forth with Lou, he asks Lou, his consigliere, what should I do with Curtis? What should I do? So what do I do with Curtis here? What do I do? I, I, I maybe you, uh, maybe you think about scaling back. I don't know. Maybe, you, yeah, maybe you think about scaling. Why don't you talk to him? Well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Lou and uh, Macedonian Phil, I will have a conversation uh, with uh, Sid later on today when he wakes up from his uh, beauty nap. And I'm going to put it to him, man. Are you joining the cancel culture? You know, it's Sid Rosenberg and friends. I'm not a friend. I'm a fiend and I'm a foe. Is this just going to be I love you, you love me? Can we rename it the Barney Show? I love you, you love me. Or are we going to have some intensity here? But I will not try to destroy Sid Rosenberg. Remember, he is the ratings leader here. And like I've told everybody here over and over again, guys who never did radio, Brian Kilmeade, he's a TV guy, Bill O'Reilly, TV guy, Greg Kelly, TV guy, Rudy, not the radio guy, Bo Snurdly, producer for us. I've been doing this 35 years. Sid's been doing it about 30 years. I got a few years on him. But think of the story, the scorpion and the frog, right? We all are scorpions, all of us here at WABC, and Sid is the frog. And he will cross the river and bring us to the promised land each and every time the ratings come out. So if all of a sudden we decide to do what the scorpion did and sting the frog, the frog says, why did you do that knowing that we're both going to die? And the scorpion said, I'm sorry, but I couldn't resist the urge. It's in my nature. No, 
I know that survival of WABC as the number one news talk station in the nation is dependent on Sid Rosenberg being number one, which he is now. So I won't damage that. But watch what I do. Stay tuned.